0: Dance Your Heart On Fire podcast episode number 70.
1: I met a samba de fit instructor that I really like because actually I'm a Brazilian but I don't really love samba mm-hmm. music very much doesn't attract me so I would see the samba de fit and I'm like ah no and then I saw this samba teacher that he was dancing to Michael Jackson and Mariah Carey so I'm like
0: which song That's it
1: Oh, I don't remember now.
0: I'm, I'm going <laughs> to Google it because th- I'm pretty sure they don't have a lot of songs together. But I'm, I'm oh, a big yes. Mariah Carey
1: fan. Oh yes, yeah, you can do yeah, "Someday" to, to any of his mm-hmm. songs. I really like uh, and then I'm like, oh, I love it. So then I started "Someday." I met kadu. That met a friend of Cadu called Mm -hmm. Rafael. Rafael Oliveira is a dancer in Rio de Janeiro, he's a big Zouk dancer, and we became friends. He introduced me to Zouk and he introduced me to Cadu, which was his best friend.
2: You, I'm picturing you and me on a log. I'm wishing you as someone I can talk to. I gotta get you out of my head. But baby girl, I gotta see you once again. Again, it's really love
0: that you don't know about. Welcome to the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles for the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast coming at you with another episode. And if you've seen the image before you clicked on this particular podcast episode, you already know who is on the line with me. We have the lovely Larissa. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to come and chat and talk about your dance journey. Um, as a fellow entrepreneur in dance, um, I've seen the way that you and Kadu have worked and traveled and performed and the Jack and Jill's and then running events. And it's like global business woman, across the world just kind of like um really just doing what you love to do so that inspired me um even before we had a chance to meet and we talked a little bit in reno um and you know that i competed in the jack and jills and so that's a whole nother thing but um uh yeah it'll be really cool to kind of sit down and kind of technically have a, a cup of coffee and hear about your your dance journey
1: Nice. Thank you. That's, that's nice. I, I try, <laughs> <You> try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> and we
0: can add humility to the list. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So, um, for our listeners today, if someone listening, let's say they haven't heard of Larissa, uh, can you give a snapshot of what your dance life was like before COVID?
1: before covid Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we were traveling quite a lot um to be honest i was overwhelmed (laughs) with the amount of traveling because um we just accept every single gig and we were going in some I mean, I think this would. This was meant to be the hardest year of traveling for us. Last year was already pretty intense, and then this year was afraid because some months I was going to be like uh, week one. In the US, week two in Madrid, week three in Brazil, week four in New Zealand, week mm. five back in Amsterdam, and then go to China and then New Zealand again. So it was really weird. <laughs> there was nothing really, um, so diver- different continents. So yeah, I was a bit sure. worried about that. And yeah, and then COVID came, and then.
0: Mm-hmm. That and you was also it. had your championship event that was going to be happening in August.
1: That's right. We have actually, we run two events now. So Casa do Zook in Australia, which is our little baby. It's like it was meant to be the seventh year this year. Mm-hmm. And then the Brazilian Zook World Championships was going to be the first time. So a first Zook event that Cadu and I was going to organize, we're going to organize in the US, we just postponed to 2021. Like every event mm-hmm. now, had to be postponed. Both events were postponed. And in this case of the World Championships, it's a hard one because it's the first year, a lot of people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. We we still need to explain to people that it's just a dance congress as any dance congress. We have workshops all day, you mm-hmm. have Jack and Jills, and then at night you don't have artist shows instead you have competitions for né, whoever wants to compete so i was explaining that a lot and pushing yes. and then now we're just like well i guess we just start explaining all over the g- again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely definitely um so yeah um it's quite a full plate and so me like my first dance was salsa and uh, i've been traveling to teach my festival would have been the sixth year this year for the Neo Kids mm-hmm. Festival, so I can definitely uh, relate to that. To like having a small event and seeing it grow year after year, and to have all of that disappear is just kind of like, man, it's something that you've been working on your whole life, and then it's like full stop. Minus the the online classes, you know, but yeah. Being around the salsa scene and the bachata scene and the Kizomba scene and the Brazilian Zouk, and then I have some people in West Coast Swing, Like there aren't a lot of dancers that take it to that level that you and Kadu are doing to be international at that level. And then not only are you teaching, you're also performing routines. And then you're doing the Jack and Jill and from my understanding you brought the you're one of the major influencers to bring Jack and Jill's to the dance scene so it's yeah. not, it's, its interesting you said you're just trying but I feel like you guys are really heavy influencers uh, on the Brazilian Zouk scene as well.
1: Thank you. we um, I, I get very driven by the passion like all mm-hmm. of us artists I feel right so like Sometimes I wish there was more planning before doing everything. <laughs> and I just throw myself into ideas. I'm like, oh my God, this would be really good for the zoo community. Mm-hmm. I got to do it. I got to do it. I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. then after we work it out, how we go and, you know, we make improvements and we learn a lot with the Jack and Joe competition. I was first introduced at the West Coast Swing community. having fell in love with West Coast Swing. Met Jordan Tatiana first time 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. and. When we first competed as a novice in West Coast Swing, I fell in love with it. I felt, I was like, this competition is so good. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. I mean, you can say, right? Yes, you definitely. You joining me, you know, it's just so much fun because, you know, the only preparation you need to do is to be a good dancer. Like, mm-hmm. do your classes, practice in the parties and go on the spotlight and do something. You know? mm. And show your best. So when I had that feeling, that taste and i'm like i really think this is important for the zoo community because sometimes the the students they just want to have fun and they don't care much about doing classes weekly mm-hmm. and that starts worrying me back then i was like i was kind of a bit worried about going to the parties i was afraid that I was going to ha- get hurt um i didn't you know you never want to say no to um mm-hmm. students and to guys you never seen before but then you feel afraid because zook is a very demanding dance on your body. Definitely. And it can be very hurtful. So I'm like, how can I help to give the people this guidance that they need to do classes in another way? And I felt that the Jack in Joe competitions was it. Like mm-hmm. it would really help. And it really did. And people get addicted because they really want to compete. They want to win. They want to get points. Mm-hmm. We were like, I mentioned Kadu, and he was a little worried. He's like our community don't really Like competition, Mm -hmm. I'm like, but this is a very different competition type, and I think our community needs to start embracing the idea of competing because competition only brings a lot of positive. Mm -hmm. You you want to improve, you want to be better, you want to grow, you dedicate yourself, you know. So I think that I I I, um, insisted and then convinced him, and then we talked to other pros, and then I realized. You can't just have a whole f- competition worldwide if we don't have uh organization that holds this competition. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't very planned. You know, that was like, oh, what do I need to do now? Oh no, I need to do a council. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when like, and that's when you kind of go, All right, let's do a council and how do we do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And talk to other pros. And we and you were very like sorry.
0: And you're needing uh, community buy-in yeah
1: yes yes so we were lucky that people really um respect us in our community and outside and i talked to a lot of pros from different dance um, styles and they really gave a lot of ideas i spoke a lot to the people from west coast swing i also asked some of the people from the uh, board of directors of their council like if you mm-hmm. would be okay i don't want to make anyone upset mm-hmm. and then We got a lot of approvals, and then we just went and started the council to be able to then, firstly, initially to host the competitions, and then after that, become more of an educational platform. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: No, I think it's been really awesome because I have, like, as a kids instructor, we're like adjacent to the Brazilian zoo community, so uh, I know a lot of my friends. You see them; they started to compete, and then they take the training to start to judge, and then I think this year would have been when. There would have been uh, advanced Jack and Jills yes. uh, here in the U.S., and that was really exciting to see. Like people go from novice to intermediate, and then reach advanced, and then enough people are there, so you see like this ladder of skill level. And seeing that ladder, it just even inspires you to like continue to work on your craft and continue to uh, improve, which is important for any dancing. Yeah, because I think it's very easy for some people to get complacent and just go and have fun at the socials, but then it's very easy to, like you said, Zuka is demanding, and if you end up hurting someone or something like that, then it's not good for the growth of the scene, you know? Exactly. And that's why I... So, last year at my fifth event is when I had the first Jack and Jill's for Urban Kids. I'm not sure if you knew that I, I brought it to it my... And uh-huh. I think
1: and you told me
0: yeah I think I told you in Reno, and it was the energy was awesome. the um I think it was the first Jack and Jill at the all star level, which was our international pros, and so many people were happy about it, and like the videos on social media blew up, and it was just really, really fun and yeah, and then I also competed in the Brazilian Zouk, so it was like, hey, if I'm going to run it in the kids scene, let me be in another dance scene and see how it is to compete uh, yeah. at, the, at the bottom, novice and work my way up so yeah i'm definitely a fan those
1: videos, the videos like when you have the pros drawing other pros and swapping and Mm -hmm. having to improvise and you know they put on the spot and the people love it Mm -hmm. and the videos they go viral and Mm -hmm. this is so good for the growth of our dances Mm -hmm. so it has been very helpful i think for the community
0: Mm -hmm. and um, one thing that you just said, the growth of the dance that I noticed with the videos, uh, I noticed with Kadu and your demos, you're always dancing to like a pop song of Khalid and things like that. Um, And yes. I think that's also strategic to help the growth of the dance as well. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, so when we moved, so when Kadu and I we moved to Australia, we realized that we, we I mean we started meeting a lot of pros from it's initially from salsa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we used to dance a lot of salsa as well. So we were we were inspired a lot by Oliver Pineda and Luda Kreuter, and they were in Sydney, and we were very lucky to be able to do classes with them, introduce them to Zook as well, and get a lot of uh, feedback from them. And then we met Super Mario, Johnny. Vasquez and then Jordan Tatiana mm-hmm. and they always uh, mention that because salsa is big already and salsa you have the music and people mm-hmm. love it and already very popular and what people used to talk about us was, was about somebody de Gafiera that we used, to, we used to dance a lot as well and always perform and Zouk how it needed uh, to be more, um, people needed to have more access to it. Mm-hmm. And of course, if we dance more to top 40 songs, it would be easier for people to connect. Mm-hmm. So we started doing back then and uh, choreographed some songs that were not, sometimes we did a remix to it. We added mm-hmm. that Zooty, which is very, I think it's very makes it very exciting as well. So we use both, no? and it just started growing. And I think the help from DJs as well, DJs coming from Brazil that were already mixing so many top 40 songs, mm-hmm. making that very popular, um, it helped the, the scene to grow. So we, as we do choose, sometimes we, most of the time, I think lately when we choose a song that is very popular or just a release that it's, it's doable, now we say zookable.
3: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Not every song is Zookable. That's very important to mention because people think, oh, any song, no, not really. But uh, every song that we feel, this is very Zookable, we should do them to this because then it will definitely get attention. Exactly. And that's the, yeah, this is the good thing of Zook. It's very similar to West Coast Swing in this side because West Coast Swing, you can as well. Uh, It's swingable. I mean, Mm -hmm. the songs are, and then the same for us. Yeah. I think that's really
0: awesome um, because you meet the people where they're at and then somebody could be on YouTube searching the song and then this video comes up and is like, what? They're dancing to the song and then they enjoy the song. And I feel like it just attracts more people into the dance for sure. So uh, I knew there was a, a strategy behind it, but it makes a lot of sense for sure.
3: Mm -hmm. okay
0: so um we kind of went off on a different tangent which is completely cool it's just a a conversation (laughs) um but uh can you give the people a little snapshot of how you first started dancing like little Larissa when she was five years old ten years old what was she doing
1: right so I was eight and I was introduced to Jess by my cousin and we used to do this class with her teacher her teacher I was eight she was nine I teach as well <laughs> in mm-hmm. the garage. After that, I then was introduced to ballet. My teacher, my best teacher was like, you've got to do ballet because we see talent and ballet will give you a better education. So I started ballet at 10, a little late considering for ballet mm-hmm. dancers. And that was my passion. That was what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a ballet dancer. So I did an audition. I was from a very small town in the south of Brazil. My family is still there. It's like mm-hmm. 100,000 People in that town. Very so little. you were born in Brazil. <laughs> I was born in Brazil, the south okay. of Brazil, a city called Campo Mourão. Very hard to find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we—it's very close to the Iguazu Falls. Iguazu Falls, I think everybody knows the yes, waterfall. Yes, yes. the uh-huh. uh-huh. yes, yeah, So very close there. Anyway, so I moved to a bigger city. I did an audition for a um, school of ballet, which was like a professional. Audition, I passed, so I moved out of home to go live in a girl's pension and follow my dreams of this ballet school. I was 14, and that was very tough. Mm
3: -hmm. And it
1: made me grow, like, become an adult very early because I had to take care of myself. My mom always helped, of course, Mm -hmm. but they weren't there every day. So then I graduated ballet. I did an audition for a company in Rio de Janeiro. I passed, so I moved again to Rio. And by myself, start o- over and in rio doing working at this company, I was introduced to Samba de Gaffeta first.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then going to Paris, I started salsa because I love I was actually I was introduced to Samba de Gaffeta, but I started learning salsa mm-hmm. of the couple dances. So salsa was the first salsa rueda. And mm-hmm. then salsa one, two And then I met a Samba de Café instructor that I really like because, actually, I'm a Brazilian, but I don't really love samba mm-hmm. music very much. It doesn't attract me. So I would see the Samba de Café and I'm like, ah, no. And then I saw this samba teacher that he was dancing to, Michael Jackson and Mariah Carey. So I'm like,
0: Which song? that's it.
1: Oh, I don't remember now. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm going to Google it because they, I'm pretty sure they don't have a lot of songs together, but I'm, I'm oh, a big yes. so, yeah, I mean, goodness, you
1: dance, yeah, you can do Sommage Gaffeta to any of mm-hmm. his songs. Really, I mean. uh, and then I'm like, oh, I love it. So then I started Sommage Gafira, met Cadu, that's, met a friend of Kadu called mm-hmm. Rafael, Rafael Oliveira is a dancer in Rio de Janeiro. is a big Zouk Z- dancer, and we became friends. He introduced me to Zouk, and he introduced me to Kadu, which was his best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when that's how I got introduced to Zouk. Then, because at first, for Zouk was very similar, I did not fall in love with Zouk at first. Mm-hmm. I actually I did not want to even learn it. I was like, this dance is not for me, because the the Caribbean style of music, the, the French zouk mm-hmm. itself, it's the different. Zumba, I'm sorry, exactly. <laughs> the zomba as well. It wasn't. It didn't really get me. So I saw these girls doing a lot of these head movements with the song, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I was already a contemporary dancer, ballet dancer. So for me, it was like, I, exactly. I just don't know. So Rafael forced me. He was like, you got to do it. You got to come to class, come to class, come help me. So he would bring me to his class as a, a instructor assistant. Mm-hmm. And I had no choice. I, I like, I couldn't even leave the room because I was his assistant. <laughs> I couldn't even do the basic steps. <laughs> it was crazy. But he really helped me to kind of fall in love. Like, I don't know, pushed me
3: mm-hmm. with...
1: The changes of the music, the top 40 remixes that came start coming more and more. I was addicted to Coldplay at the time. And one of the DJs called Mafizuker. he remixed one of Coldplay songs. And when I heard that in the part, I'm like, hold on a uh-huh. <laughs> That's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, <laughs> and, you remember which Coldplay song it was?
1: Uh, Clocks?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Yeah. Definitely, that's then, a good song.
1: It's a very different version, and he he did a very different remix as well. So you just have the the, the, the chorus, yeah, the melody. Very, but I could hear and deep inside. I'm like, I know this. Anyway, I then got together with Kadu. We started dating at first. Mm-hmm. We didn't start da- dancing together. Um, then he broke up with his dance partner. Asked me to join him. I'm, I'm moving to the next question yes for sure <laughs> <As we go. laughs>
0: yes you've i'm pretty sure you've been in plenty of yeah. interviews so go ahead
1: <laughs> and then we just and then i i didn't want to dance this professionally because i already had my ballet and i wanted this to be my fun getaway you know mm-hmm. so but i felt like he needed i wanted to help i could help so then i'm like okay let's dance together so we first choreographed a summer de Gaffieta routine and got very popular. It helped our partnership a lot. And then we joined Alex Carvalho's company, Zook company, in Brazil, in Rio. And then we were doing Jimmy de Olivia Samba company, mm-hmm. plus Alex Carvalho company, plus my own company, the work for reals, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that paid the bills. Exactly. And my partnership with Cadu. So that started the craziness.
0: Mm-hmm. So... As you started to work with Kadu, was he already traveling to festivals and things like that to teach? No,
1: not a lot. No, he was a very popular teacher. When we started, he became more and more popular. Um, he had a lot of students, but they weren't traveling now. We start traveling together more. Yeah. In Brazil, guess- we start traveling a little bit there. Yeah.
0: And I guess at this time, were they already international Zouk festivals and things like that happening?
1: No, that's very interesting. It was a starting. I think they had some parties in Barcelona, mm-hmm. um, in London. Uh, they had Lambada, they had the festival in Porto Seguro as well, was a festival in Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, more of a Lambada style still. In London, you had a lot of Lambada as well. Um, Zook started a bit there, Barcelona, Amsterdam, we had a Lambada teacher there as well. But we were not known by the Lambada people and we were not traveling anywhere overseas we really start traveling overseas was so we started since you in 2005 mm-hmm. in
3: 2006
1: by the end we did a tour in australia we were invited to go to do a tour we thought all over australia and we met this guy called Tarcisio Climaco. that he had a brazilian school in brisbane australia and he said we did workshops there and he's like i really like your guys style would you like to come and join us um for real like forever to i don't know for a weird, four a four-year work visa contract and we got excited and we're like, I really wanna cause I want to learn English. My dream was to speak English fluently. Mm-hmm. And I said to Kadu, please let's go because I just need to learn English. If if I can't speak English fluently, we come back. And Kadu didn't want to go, so I insisted and he did it for me. And then we never left. You know, we arrived in Australia. And that's when we we did our first Zook routine. We didn't have a Zook routine until then. Mm. And we performed at one of the biggest festivals in the world back then. It was Sydney Salsa Congress for more than 3,000 people. We oh, did wow. the Zoo. Yeah. It was huge, like a stadium. And we did this Zook routine. And when people got crazy, what is this dance style? And Mm -hmm. people didn't know. And people loved it. And then we taught. And then that's when we met all those pros that I mentioned. And we got close. And that's how we started getting invited to perform in many different events. Most of them, they were only salsa and bachata.
0: Definitely. We did
1: many bachata events as well just introducing zook to everybody
0: yeah that's how it kind of starts when the it's a new dance to the dancing yeah and the salsa is already the, kind of like that a pillar that's already there and so the same thing with a lot of kizomba events they started adding kizomba to salsa events and then that started to grow to the point to where you can start to have zook only events or kids only events
1: yes exactly and the the back then there wasn't any bachata sensual as well um and we met all the bachata pros and i think people just embraced the the zoo i think they embraced us it was which was really nice mm-hmm. we felt very welcomed by bachata salsa and we had a great time it was only so this was 2007 2008 then 2009 um that's when we got introduced to swing hmm
0: yeah
1: and you guys decided to start
0: competing in that as quite- well
1: no we didn't do it we were introduced we met her and tatiana we did a cruise together Mm. then we kind of we were excited by exchanging ideas Mm. so they taught us a few ideas of west coast swing and we taught them ideas of zook which they use for their routines we use for our routines but we didn't quite go into learning yet and neither they, they didn't as well and then we didn't see them for maybe two years after that and then when we saw them in 2011, that's when they were like, you guys should start learning more and for reals. And, but I think we really just started learning when we decided to compete. Mm. That's when we like, okay, let's get this, let's do this seriously, please. And always, <laughs> you know, and then we made, we decided to choreograph a West Coast swing routine to compete at a festival, a local festival in Australia. And that pushed us to really learn it.
0: Mm-hmm. So you guys competed with the performance routine and then also the Jack and Jill's?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Jack and Jill came first. And then after we decided to do a routine because we were always uh, driven by choreography and mm-hmm. that helped us to understand better the 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 choreography. I actually, I just posted today the, on my Instagram the video of the first West Coast routine we
0: did. Nice. I'll try to find the the link for it so we can share it in the show notes of this podcast. And for the listeners who are listening, uh, I went to my first West Coast Swing-only event this year in Austin, Austin Rocks. And I didn't understand or I didn't know if there were so many different kinds of competition. Like they had the pro and the amateur and then you perform you competed with your performances and your choreographies and then there were Jack and Jill's and as I started to talk to more Westies like you guys have there's a lot of options if you want to compete there yeah yes
1: yes exactly um, I always wanted to do more for Zo as well that's why we started the Brazilian Zook World Championships because mm-hmm. then I'm introducing uh, pro M. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not many, I mean, other events have done Pro-Am um, so it's not going to be the first time in Zook, but we're going to bring pro routines, not pro Jack and Jill though. Mm-hmm. So it's pro routines. And then we have also strictly Zook, which is like they have for swing, which you choose the partner. You don't know the song, but you choose the partner you want to join with. And it can't be the same partner that you're going to compete a routine with at the same event, you know? So you try to make it separate. So you can do Jack and Jill, which is like when you don't know your partner, you draw your partner and the music as well. And then Strictly Zook, which is when you're going to draw, bring your partner with. And that will be... um, the first time here, but they I think we had as well, strictly Zook in Australia at one event in Australia called mm-hmm. uh Brazooka, sorry. And what else? And then the competition that we, for the first time in a Zook world community, we are dividing. We're going to have the choreography with lifts competition. Um. It's called Showtime and the choreography without lifts, which is called Originals. So that should be inspired by the west coast community as well to have that differentiation which salsa does bachata does you mm-hmm, know for sure and we never had that in Zouk, so it's important for us to have as well so people understand that they don't need to do lifts it's not necessarily you know you know if you're you want to just focus on the floor work that's it that's your um your specialty. Mm-hmm. yes exactly and you choose that so we have basically we have two world champions no
0: Nice. Um, going back a little bit in your timeline, uh, you said that you guys moved to Australia and you guys performed at the Sydney festival. When did you decide to start your own Zouk festival?
1: Uh, so then in Brisbane where we were living in Brisbane, not in Sydney, Mm -hmm. we, we decided to do an event called Ilha do Zouk Island of Zouk, which was, um, Alex Cavalli already had Ilha do Zuc in Rio. Hmm. And then we thought, because we were part of his company, and we were like, for us, he's like our master, we decided to bring that to Australia, same logo and everything. And we brought them, we brought Alex, and to be there. And then that was the first. And that was on a beautiful island in Brisbane, but... It's just, it was too small. So Mm. we can only fit 120 people. And on the first year we had that. So then we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We had two years there. And then we decided to move to a hotel and we did in this style of everything in the hotel, huge ballrooms, and people just go up. You know, do you have your room. It's very comfortable, much easier. So then we moved to the hotel, uh, and that became Casa de Zook because we thought, well, we can't be the island anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not on an island. So sure. Let's call it the House of Zook. So Casa de Zook, and um, and and that was it. So there was an event before called. Brazil Central. That kind of inspired us as well. That it would work to have an event. They mm-hmm. couldn't. So we were supporting them at first, but then they couldn't continue. Uh, and then we decided, okay, if you guys going to cancel completely, we're going to take over that the idea. But we didn't even take over the. It was a different hotel. Was a different name. Was a different sure. everything.
0: I got you. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I see that. Like some of the, I guess more tenured instructors uh, in the scene, if they're kind of like at the beginning of the waves, they're also the ones that also plant the seeds for these festivals to start to grow as well. So that's pretty nice. Um, So throughout your journey so far, like you met Cadu, you talked about Australia, um, you talked about your time in Brazil and with ballet. Where did you get your entrepreneurial kind of like passion from? Because, um, you mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast, like you just see an idea and you throw yourself at the idea and try to figure it out as you go. And I think we, you and I can both agree that that characteristic is not very common in a lot of people. And so I'm curious where, where that came from
1: i think um it was similar just in the wanting of running events helped me uh, have to learn a lot we had a lot of friends that helped as well in australia and my partner at the time helped me as well he had this business mind and he taught me so much about business and he taught me how to do websites mm-hmm. and work on spreadsheets okay. <laughs> we don't know any of that i mean i know how to point my foot and that's about it (laughs) 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 and then i was just learning as we go and helping from everybody trying to do everything very um eh, not cheap but you know efficiently (laughs) resourceful Yes, exactly. So then I was doing everything myself with the help of uh, some people. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. And I started enjoying it. So I I figured out that it would be good for me to do a course in marketing, just a diploma. I I could not do a degree because I could not commit to that at that Mm -hmm. stage. We were traveling too much. So I I got a diploma in marketing to learn a little bit more and also to improve my English so I could write a little bit better mm-hmm. um, and start getting the taste of it. Then we opened our first dance academy called k Dance, When we separated from that guy that first took us. When our contract ended, I got a lawyer, we got citizenship because... Mm-hmm. I just want to, actually, I got citizenship very early in Australia. We were there, we had a 4 years visa. After two years, we applied for de- residency. And then after two years, we got citizenship. So by the time that the work visa expired, we already, we were citizens. So it was okay. really, really good. Um, and then they, all the travel, of course, helped with the visa as well. So um, we got that and that... Oh help me to, Okay, let's do a school. When you wanna open a school, that it's another level Mm -hmm. of responsibility. And I, I had to learn so much. Um and then and then yeah, that's how he kind of just went and I just learned everything day by day, you know.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. And I think it's a very rare characteristic. And I feel like um, when we have more people with these characteristics, it really helps move the dance forward, you know, because uh, yes, you have to take some risk and some calculated risk. And of course, there's always going to be uh, lessons learned along the way and things like that. But I think at the end of the day, it really does help uh, move the the dance forward.
1: Yes. No, definitely. Definitely. I love like I've kind of... um, fell in love with this other side of you not know, this business. And sometimes it's hard when you are you are a dancer and all you really want to do is dance. Mm-hmm. And for me to be a uh, ballad trained Contemporary trained, be working full time in dance companies where all you need to do is go to your company, dance all day, practice Mm -hmm. your routines all day, then go home and just relax. And now I'm like, okay, I gotta practice my dance. Mm -hmm. I gotta do the business of this (laughs) dance school, this event. I have to build a website. I have to create the marketing for this. uh, I have to teach. Oh, yeah, I have to teach. Mm -hmm, For sure. (laughs) Crazy. It, It was very big, big change. But on the other other hand, you know, the good thing of it is that what I learned from it is that we built our own name. When, mm-hmm. when you work in a company, you kind of work for a company and that's the name of the company and you're just one of the dancers. And I like that a lot. I like how people remember us, they know our work, they got inspired by maybe a routine or some dance that they saw and they become, you know, they start learning. So this mm-hmm. is very... Um, it makes us very happy i think that's what makes us continue wanting to
0: get be better be
1: better yeah. and
0: yeah you guys have been uh in the dance scene for how many years now as partners or in 15 15, 15 years. years so it's crazy and it's it's definitely admirable which is why i kind of like i look up to you, you guys and it's like hey these are people who are been killing it for 15 years and they're still going and then you're planning your events and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really nice to see. Um, aside from your crazy schedule of traveling and organizing and performing, you also I follow you on Instagram and you're doing all of these crazy ballet things on bonsu balls and things like that. So did you get that uh, conditioning for like I guess fitness from like your ballet and contemporary days, and just kind of carry through? or
1: When um, I kind of when we moved to Australia, when we start getting more busy, I then that's when I really I I can I quit ballet, but no, you never really quit. I do classes every now and then. I can do my own classes, mm-hmm. and this quarantine has been great for that. I've been doing a lot more ballet classes myself, mm-hmm. and. But then I was like, I was trying to be a bit more efficient with the whole ballet idea. Instead of doing a full class every day, which is long, I was trying to think of exercises that I could uh, mix with some gym exercises that could be a bit more, a bit you know, faster on mm-hmm. um, definition, muscle strengthening and also that I wouldn't lose flexibility, which dancers need to be careful of. And I always thought that, and I always took care of that for my body. I also did classes with uh, an amazing teacher in Brazil called Massa Pinheiro, which uh, taught us so much about some exercises to do on the floor to get you stronger Mm -hmm. as well as flexible. And I love that. So I... Then I was doing that all for me when people students just always ask the same thing, like, should I then do I need to do a ballet class to be as strong as you? Do I need to start a ballet? Mm-hmm. And when I think about it, I answer this question so many times. I'm like, no, you you don't need to do a ballet class. And then I start thinking, what do they need to do really? Because gym is really good and mm-hmm. it, get, it can get you strong, but it's another type of strong. Because yeah, it, it can get you can build muscle. And when you start building muscles, then your lines change and then mm-hmm. your dance changes the look of your dance change. That's what I said to Cadu all the time, because, you know, man, it's all about (laughs) building muscles. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but then the line, the look of the dance will change. And ballet dancers and contemporary dancers, they know that. They always worried about that. I was always worried about that. So I start not pushing too hard on gym as in lifting weights and just trying to add more of some ballet drills with a little bit of weight. And then I fell in love with Bustleball mm-hmm. and I started pushing so much for me. It was my challenge, you know. And then I realized that people people liked it. I did a few stories. I would make posts sometimes something very funny. And I, I think <laughs> I never talk about this, but some of the posts that I did on Bustleball was because it was a day that I wasn't motivated myself to work out. So then I thought, maybe if I record and make this a post, I will probably get motivated.
0: Mm-hmm. So then
1: <laughs> that would start motivating me. Accountability, like, the that-
0: in a sense, yeah?
1: Yeah, exactly. And then people start asking. That's when I created that online class for that. I mm-hmm. created a, a- Um, playlist that it's mainly dance conditioning, which I call stretch and strength exercises for dancers. Mm -hmm. And that's on our line class. I started first time last year in January and introduced some of the exercises I do for me in different levels now, a little bit Mm -hmm. easier, and then i introduce people to bossa and i teach them how to do some of the very simple exercises first and then we build from there mm-hmm. um and yeah and, and it's good because even some dancers um they do they wanted to the training with me just for that and they prefer one-on-one you know so mm-hmm. we just get together and do a lot of drills and i push them and <laughs> like a personal trainer but i, exactly. I don't have a real personal trainer uh, course myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not certified in anything, Mm -hmm. but it's mainly this mix of ballet technique that get people really excited.
0: No, I think it's really, really uh, important because a dancer can be considered to be an athlete, you know, and definitely watching some of your shows and some of your demos, I can see that you like to show off your athleticism, which is awesome as well. So it's just like if you're going to be doing those and traveling and things like that, I think it's really important to, of course, take care of your body.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. And for dancers as well to get the discipline to take care of their body, to stretch every day, you know, to do a workout because. Um, it's so easy to get injured. So mm-hmm. easy. Like we said about in you know, social dance, and um, it's not just when you perform, it's just walking, you can get injured. So it's important to get you know, your body stronger. Feels good Definitely.
0: as well. <laughs> For sure. And there's also uh, lots of mental benefits as well to working out as well, especially when you're jumping time zones and you're having so many pots on the stove that you have to keep track of and things like that. It can be really crazy. So Yeah. This, this has been a really awesome episode. Um, so we're in middle of quarantine now and our events got pushed to 2021. But I see that you guys have been pushing uh, online classes and things like that. So um, if people want to learn more about you or jump on your classes, where should they go?
1: So we have a website called it's com, and we have different subscriptions. So uh um, we have like a monthly subscription, which we call gold. And we have an annual, which is platinum. And then we give different benefits for, pla- for the platinum members, of course. But like just the gold membership, it's um, you just receive all the, the material we have. And it's more than 100 classes uh, right now. Mm-hmm. You also receive access to our live courses. We've been doing weekly live classes individually. No? So I do for followers kadudes for leaders we offer q and a live sessions for our members so they can ask any questions they want we can mm-hmm. have conversations sometimes we do little class together sometimes i just go with them and we do a coaching um, strengthening and stretching together so and for the platinums we also offer them 30 minutes um one on one private lesson nice. plus video critique sessions so and they get discounts as well so a lot of things. So, yeah. So, um, we've been keeping busy online classes, being a lot of fun as well. Plus, the stretch and strength and exercise for dancers, that's included in any subscription. Because I really want people to do it. And mm-hmm. I, I push them. I'm like, you are there. You are a member. When was the last time you worked out? I'm like, oh, <laughs> a week ago. I'm like, no. Because I give them separated. You know, I know this is week one. Mm-hmm. This is week two you know day one day two day three follow me mm-hmm. <laughs> well i push them a little bit for that and and of course if you want to just do stretch and strength by itself if you don't want to commit because i know some dancers sometimes from kizomba bachata mm-hmm. salsa they i don't want to learn zook or anything they can just join that playlist it's only 9.99 per month so it's just really to get people motivated to improve no
0: for sure. it's really awesome to see the way that you have it structured. Uh, I've seen lots of other membership sites um, outside of dance for entrepreneurs, and it's very similar the way that you have it set up. So um, it's really nice to see that level of, I guess, um, organization with the pricing structure and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you're pushing people to uh, sign up for the platinum and give them incentives and things like that and offer more value. Yeah. So it's really awesome to to see that as well. So um, before we end the podcast, Larissa, do you have any words of inspiration for our listeners?
1: Um, You know, this quarantine, because we are all home and i know some people and not just some people but even me sometimes you can get yourself bored or you feel unmotivated nah? so it's really important to have the discipline and everybody saying that keep the routine keep the routine but it is really really important and if you are a dancer and you used to go to your dance classes which you can't anymore do support that teacher join the online classes that they offer or any other online class, because it's good for you too, you know, if you have that certain time. Uh, If it is an online class just like ours that you can go at any time, just make sure you book like two hours a week that you Mm -hmm. would always commit to doing it. Do your stretches in the mornings or after you know, work. Do a little workout as well. I've been alone, so I don't have my dance partner. And I've been dancing a lot and doing mm-hmm. many classes. Um, like I mentioned, I'm doing ballet class. I'm doing contemporary classes just to get back on the background. Mm-hmm. And also training my Zuba myself. Um, just making sure I continue doing all the head movements, you know. Like today, just before this podcast, I put my high heels and I was just Mm. doing some movements with the high heels. So I don't, you know, it's like you almost Exactly, exactly. So I think it's very important to have that discipline. I think quarantine has been really great as well for us to have um better sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> for those that travel a lot, Definitely. you are always in your bed now and you can have a very nice sleep time and you can eat healthier Definitely. so in this yeah, I see a lot of positive, I think that we need to see all this positive trying to learn and learn from from this moment mm-hmm. now and
0: yeah, even though we're not able to travel and do the things that we used to love to do, you still have to find the things that you are able to do and be grateful for those things, you know?
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. And this is a great time for you to learn the new dance style as well. That's, mm-hmm. you know, we always, when we get a little bored, we always go and learn something else. Mm. And yeah, and that's how we started West Coast Swing. That's how Kadu got so deep into Kizomba. Mm. And he was like just really want to learn this and he so we just it's not common it's come even not because of quarantine because you know life you just sometimes you get a little bored but if you learn another dance style it doesn't mean really you need to give up on this you can learn everything and every dance brings ads then it just brings Definitely. better material and improve your dance in general so body awareness cooking, weight so transfer exactly Yeah. Uh, so don't get bored <laughs> keep, I hear dancing. You.
0: keep busy yes all right larissa well thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and sit and talk with us and talk with the listeners um like i mentioned before um seeing your career and seeing what you're doing in the dance scene is really admirable even though i'm not even super in the brazilian Zouk scene but just as a dance professional it's really awesome to see you um attack so many different um areas in the dancing from organizing events and online classes and performing and then thinking of like how do you push the dance forward and things like that and uh conditioning and then teaching and all these things so it's really awesome to to have that example and i thank you for your time and we'll see you hopefully soon somewhere when we can dance again yeah
1: that's right. Thank you so much and thanks for joining all the Brazilian events, the Brazilian music events for
0: I was gonna come to your championship you. this year.
1: No, I know, mm-hmm. but next year. It's yes. good that we have We have more, we have a longer time now to prepare. Mm -hmm. For those that want to compete, now they can, they have more time to prepare. For those that are not gonna compete, please come and join Brazilian Zoo World Championships because the resort is beautiful. Mm. It's so beautiful and the pool, it's fun. And you know, you can have a lot of fun just there. You don't need to compete. And then you support your friends as well, not for those that will be competing. So it'll be fun. Yeah, so I'll see you Hope to see you very soon Thank you so much for having me For inviting me
0: Thank you Thank you for checking out The Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today Be sure to check out NeoKizomba.com For links to everything That we chatted about today As well as some awesome free resources To enhance your Kizomba journey
2: It's real love That you don't know about Every now and then when I want you I wish that I could tell you That I want you If I get up the chance to talk with you, if I get up the chance to walk with you, then I would stop holding it. I never have to go through this again, again. It's real love that you don't know about, girl. You're going out of my mind, mind. even though I don't. Me, I see you passing in front of me.